uh, this is my last day in the Hawke's Bay. This afternoon I jump on a plane and begin the journey back to uh, the nation where my family and I have been living for the last three and a half years. So uh, that's the nation up there, the nation of China. And uh, there in that place, there live around about 1.4 billion people. 1.4 billion. Okay. Now, uh, of that, there's estimated somewhere around about 100 million Christians, which sounds like a, a great number, a great mass of people. Um, but that leaves somewhere around 1.3 billion who have never heard of Jesus Christ, never experienced the freedom that we experience here this morning. They've never experienced the life-giving touch of the living God. And so it's a mystery to them. They live without hope. And so for us, we want to be there to help them, to serve them, and to bring the freedom that we have here. So uh, let's take a look, Isaac, if we can flick over into the next. I'll just share a little bit this morning about what we're doing and, uh, and what actually you're doing with us because your partner's with us in this, which we're incredibly grateful for. But uh, the celebration or the, our successes are also your successes that you can, be, you can celebrate, with, uh, uh, celebrate with us about it. But you ask, why, Doug, why would you do this? Why would you take your family? Uh, why would you take your, uh, your wife and your three lovely little girls to live in a, in a place like that? Well, that's a good question. But the answer is, is that Jesus stepped out of heaven, stepped out of the beauty of heaven to reach us. And he said, I've come because... Uh, He's, uh, he says, this is Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. There's poor people who don't know the hope of Jesus Christ. They don't know the life of Jesus Christ. They live lives of desperate despair. And without the light of the kingdom, that's what they will always have. And then they will depart into eternity, uh, a lost eternity. But Jesus came to proclaim good news to those people and Jesus said, I've come to proclaim liberty to the captives. There are people who are captive to sin, captive, literally captives. Uh, in the nation that I, that I live and work in, they're captive to all sorts of, of crazy things that we couldn't even imagine. But Jesus Christ came to set those people free. He said that Jesus said he's come for the, for the recovery of sight for the blind. You know, without the light of the kingdom, without the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, man's mind is blind. They can't know the truth. They've got no idea. And I'll explain to you a little bit more about that. And Jesus said he came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. He came to set at liberty those who are oppressed. So that's why we live in there. And let me show you a little bit more about that. That's what Jesus came for us. And we know that he said that he will save all those who will call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved but how will they be saved if they never hear how will that 1.3 billion people know unless someone goes to them and preaches them the truth that Jesus Christ stepped out of heaven to reveal to us 2,000 years ago that here we celebrate and we enjoy the love and the presence of God yet there's an massive uh, a massive body of people who have never had that liberating freedom. 
So this is what I do. If we can have a look at the next one. I run an underground Bible training center. And you can see there, it's a little bit hard to see, but there's a little blue star. Uh, that's where our base is. And uh, we run a, a, an underground training center that trains pastors, leaders, preachers who will fearlessly preach the Word of God. The red stars are where the students are coming from. They're coming from the far northwest in a place called Rumchi, which is a, is a predominantly Muslim area, to the far northeast, uh, which is pretty much where polar bears live. And... Uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, actually, that, uh, that point there is farther, uh, further north than uh, Vladivostok in, in Russia, so it gives you an idea that's a long way north. But everywhere in between, students come, and they, and they come to our base to be trained, to be encouraged, to be delivered, to be set free, and then to be sent out again to preach to those people who have never heard. And uh, I, just to give you an example, just... Uh, uh, just before I got on the plane to uh, return to New Zealand, uh, our students had come back from an outreach where they'd gone into various areas of our province, unreached areas, and uh, uh, one of our guys, uh, a team of three went out, led by a, a young man, 23 years old. He's a builder and, uh, and also pastors uh, an underground church. And that man went out with his, young man went out with his team into an unreached area, they were kicked out of village after village, four villages in the end. But God had given them a vision before, uh, before they left. And the vision was they'd seen a doorway with a certain uh, set of characters above that doorway. And uh, at the end, of the end of the day, after being kicked out of four villages, there is a man that they'd been meeting um, all through the day. Four times that day out of each village they'd been kicked out, they'd met this man who had invited them, come and preach in our village. And they turned him down and said, no, we're going to the lost people. We can't go to your village. Anyway, at the end of the day, they had no choice. They went to his village because they had nowhere to stay. And uh, immediately above his doorway, they see the set of characters that, uh, that one of them had seen in the vision uh, before they had left. And uh, so they ate with that man. And uh, the man said, you know what, I have a friend who has had a stroke, and for three years he hasn't been able to talk, he can barely walk, would you pray for him? So our students, just young people, one 23, young builder, another, uh, uh, his, uh, his companion, uh, another young man, only 20, and a young woman, only 19 with them, they said, yes, bring him to us and we'll pray for him. Well, they drag him in and they pray for him. And this man hasn't spoken for three years. He begins to speak, and they can hear him. And they say, that's good news. That's great news to start with. <laughs> but it gets better. It gets better. The man says, I've got a buzz in my ear. Can you pray for my ear? And uh, I guess after the stroke, he had a, a ringing in his ear that just wouldn't go away. They prayed for him again, and his, the ringing in his ear went so they're thinking, well, God's on the move here. So they begin to pray for him again, and then that he would walk again. And so they begin to lead him around that little house, and he begins to free up and walk, whereas lame and halt before, he's now walking. Well, that man was so overcome, he goes out onto the street and says, if anyone's sick, these young people will pray for you. I've been healed. You know that I've been healed. Come and get prayed for. 
Well, before they know it, there is a line of people outside this house of people with everything from... <laughs> everything from bad knees to backs and shoulders. They lost count after 16 miraculous, instantaneous healing miracles. That's, <laughs> that's good news. That's good news. <laughs> But I need to tell you what we do is illegal. <laughs> so, you know, um, their training base, uh, it's a closed nation. Their training base is an illegal operation. If I'm caught, they'll throw me out of the country. Uh, if my students are caught with me, then they can be beaten. And I mean beaten, seriously beaten. Beaten and imprisoned. It's dangerous. But why do we do it? Let's take another look. This is why we do it, because outside of the knowledge of the kingdom of God, outside the knowledge of Jesus Christ, human life is reduced to what you can sell them for. So this is a sandwich board outside a brothel that assigns values, monetary values, to women from around Asia and Russia. Because outside of the knowledge of God, human life is only as valuable as what you can sell it for. Take another look, and let's see what that looks like in reality. This is a shot from actually inside a brothel. I want you to look at these girls. You know, the oldest, maybe 16 or 17. The youngest, maybe 12 or 13. These are little girls that were sold into a life of sexual slavery. They will escape that life by the grace of God or death. Or if they live long enough, they might even begin their own brothels just to survive. Take a look. Just let's have a look at close up. That's one of those girls. That's the youngest there. Now, we all know that it's wrong to sell little girls into sexual slavery. Does everyone know that? Okay, how do we know that? Well, we know it only because of the grace of God and the kingdom of God. Because outside of the knowledge of God, it seems like a great idea to sell little girls as sex slaves. Outside of the knowledge of God, you do whatever you can to exploit and make a way in the world yourself. That's what, that's what happens outside the light of God's kingdom. That's why this is so important. Let's take another look. This is why we do it, because girls like this who came from the countryside looking for a job in a restaurant, hard to see, but you can see she's just an innocent little country, country girl. She might be in her late teens, early 20s. This is what she looks like just four weeks later. And she thought she was going for a job as a restaurant worker, as a waitress. What she found was, is that she was caught up in a brothel and forced to work. I'll let you fill in the blanks, eh? <laughs> so what do we do? And I'd look at pictures like that, and these are real people. These are real people. That's someone's daughter, someone's granddaughter, someone's sister. Okay, let's take a look at another one. Okay, so what do we do? 
We want to equip fearless preachers who will preach the kingdom of God, who will pray for the sick and see them healed, who will declare the goodness of the kingdom of God. And like yeast that transforms flour, even though what we start with is small, the supernatural power of the kingdom of God within that has the ability to transform a nation. It has the power to transform nations. And you say, Doug, how can you possibly believe for that? I say, because I know it's been done in history. History declares that Europe had all of those kinds of abuses that I'm talking about a hundred or so more years ago. All of those and worse. But Europe, particularly England and the United States also, were transformed by fearless preachers like Wesley who stood up and called the nation to repentance. It's been done in history, and I believe it will be done in our lives. In my lifetime, I'm believing that we will see a time that there will be no such brothels like that in, in China, no such thing as sex slaves, because Jesus came to set the captives free. And I'm going to do everything that I can, every breath that I take, to be a part of that happening. So let's take a look at the rest. Let's have another. So this is what happens. We reach out into unreached areas, unreached people groups. There's masses, masses, some of the largest unreached people groups still on the earth today who have never heard of Jesus Christ or have only heard rumors of the God who loves them. Take a look at another one. Reaching out into dark places, into brothels, reaching out to prostitutes, reaching out to mafia members, that they would hear the truth of Jesus Christ. Let's take another look. This is what rescued looks like. That's rescued. And there's right now, uh, there's girls and young women being rescued. That's what rescued looks like. A little girl who would have been aborted, her mum, a prostitute, would have been aborted, but now is happy and healthy. Another little girl there, oh, there's my little girl there too, so that's Elise. So she wasn't going to be brought up in a brothel, thank God, but the little girl with her was being brought up in a brothel. That's where she was being brought up to. That's what rescued looks like. That's a mafia member, a, a a trafficker literally responsible for tra trafficking thousands of little girls and young women into brothels. That's what he looks like when he turns his life over to Jesus Christ and says, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't stand what I do. I want the peace of God in my life. That's what restored looks like. Take a good look at that because that's a young woman who was living a life of horror that Normal people can't even imagine. And look at that. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. People, that's what we do. That's why we do it. And you're a part of it. So I want to thank you, Bay City, for remembering us. I want to thank you. Uh, thank you for praying for us. Thank you for giving. Well, what you're doing is making a difference. You know, we love what we do. It is brutally hard. And some of the things that we do and see, really, you, you know, 
if I've been here and telling people about it, really messes me up on the inside. I can't tell you how much that uh, it's difficult to talk about these things because these are real. These are real people, real girls, real, real people who live lives of utter horror that we can't even imagine. But Jesus came to set them free. Jesus came to set them free, and they're being set free. And I tell you, I'll take every breath that I can to prepare as many preachers as I can so that that nation will be changed. That nation will experience a transformation like we've seen in history. It's possible. Would you believe with me for it? Amen. All right. Maybe you could join with me. Would you all stand and just pray? And just pray for that nation. Pray for the work of God going on in that place. Just begin to speak in your own language. Join with me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you that you came to set the captives free. Father, you came to deliver the oppressed. You came to speak good news to the poor. And Father, right now, we ask for your grace upon this work, the supernatural empowering of your spirit. We ask, Lord God, that you would uh, uh, so fill us yes, up Lord. with your yes, spirit Lord. and your power, Lord yes, God. Lord. Father, that you'd bring to yes, us Lord. young men, young women who would fearlessly <laughs> preach the word of God, <laughs> that they would see the nation changed. They would see the nations beyond yes, changed. Father, we know that yes, this is possible because what you've done in the past, you will do again. You will do again. You will do again. Father, we declare that over the nation of China. Father, Thank we declare you, it over Kalinda's work with the lost, with the girls in the brothels. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you came to set each and every one of those girls free. Thank you, Lord. So, Father, let there be a revival. Let there be a revival right through our nation. Lord God, let there be a revival through the nation of China. Thank you, Lord. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let's give a clap, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's be seated. And uh, how many felt touched in your heart today? It's hard to look at that and not feel touched in the heart. Because it's not just sort of something. Am I still on? Okay. Okay. It's something that we can particularly see we could be a part of. And uh, the first and foremost thing to see in this and what Doug was sharing is it's the gospel that changes lives. It's the power of Jesus Christ that changes lives. That's the gospel that's entrusted to you and me. It's a gospel someone delivered to us. It's a gospel you and I heard that Jesus Christ changes lives. He has power to take a person, change them on the inside, make them a different person. That's what God has entrusted us. Whether we live in China or live in New Zealand, we're entrusted with the gospel. Every believer here, you are entrusted with the gospel. If you live a life which is just focused on your own comfort and doing what you want to do, and you lose consciousness that God has sent us to our community, you have lost the plot. When we think of a person losing the plot, we mean really they've actually sort of got 
disoriented and no longer the main thing is the main thing. So the main thing that Jesus came to do was to make disciples who would change the world. So I want to just, before we, we're going to take up an offering and, and give honor and just bless this work and so into the square. Before I talk a little on that, I want to just extend an invitation to any person here who's not yet a Christian. I want you to just close your eyes. There may be someone here, and before we go any further, I'd love to extend an invitation. If you are here in the meeting today and you're not a Christian, not yet given your life to Jesus Christ, a Christian is a person who has made a decision to follow Christ, made a decision in their heart to give their lives over to Christ, to trust Him, to break the power of sin and, and, the, and to deal with the loss in the heart and to give them a new life. You could have a new life today. Jesus said to everyone who received Him, He gave power to become a child of God. So I don't know where you are in your life right now. You may be empty. There may be a, a sense where you have no purpose. Purpose can only be found connected to the one who made us. We need relationship with him. If you're here today and you don't know Christ, you'd like to become a Christian, I'd love you just to raise your hand let me know right now. Just raise your hand let me know. I'd like to become a Christian. I'd like to give my life to Jesus. If that's you today, would you just raise your hand, let me know I'd like to become a Christian. I'd like to give my life to Christ. I'd like to invite Jesus Christ to come into my life, break the power of sin, and set me free. Is there anyone here today at that place of decision I wouldn't want to miss this moment and not give you an invitation. If that's you today and you don't know Christ, you're here and you're not a Christian, but you'd like to be, please just raise your hand right now so I can see. I'd love to pray for you and lead you to Christ. Is there anyone here? All right, let's just open our eyes now. Just, I want to share one other thing with you. Uh, has, uh, and Kalinda have shown their lives to go to the mission field. And uh, what they're doing is twofold. You know, we have you ever heard of the ambulance at the bottom of the hill? Kalinda's work is the ambulance at the bottom of the hill. And it's the mercy ministry. It's the part that touches heart. When you see a little girl up there and you see her and there she is innocent and then she's been in that whole environment and been changed as she's been trained to give herself and sell herself to men. You see the you see when Christ comes back. That's the ambulance at the bottom of the hill. And so a part of the work they do there is coming to where the damage is already done and repairing it. But the other side of the coin is the necessity to change the culture of the nation. And it can only be done if hearts are changed. It can only be done of the gospel. So Doug's work is different to Kalinda's. Kalinda's work is working to rescue people already who are damaged and broken and need to but Doug's work is to work with people who are already followers of Christ and to train them to go out and change the nation. To, if need be, to face beatings and potentially death in order that they could make a difference in their nation. That's something hard for you and I to understand because you can walk out and go and have a coffee and go home. But these nations, it's not like that. They can be thrown into jail and then their families suffer, they suffer, and some may not live. This is what's happening in parts of China now. So the work we're doing is twofold. Reach out to where the damage is done and rescue people. The issue of child slavery has become number one United Nations concern in the world. It's happening across the world. It happens in our own nation. It's happening in our own streets. 
It's a global issue. And I was meditating on God's heart. It says in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 22, 16, it said, He judged the cause of the poor and needy. To judge the core of the poor and needy means to get engaged with where people are afflicted, suffering and have no power to help themselves, and something about it. Uh, and it says, was not this to know me? So we think of knowing God in terms of having a prayer meeting, reading a Bible, coming to a meeting, going to a fellowship. But there's another dimension of knowing God, and that is when we carry what he's like to the community and engage real people in pain and address the issues of injustice. That's where drugs, where there's addictions, where there's all these kind of things. Or putting it another way, how can you say you know God if you have no heart to work or deal with people who are desperately oppressed and face injustice. And I thank God we've got many people in the church who are doing this work in various kind of ways, but that's not enough. We need to do more. Uh, second verse, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees in Matthew 23, 23. And this is what he said to the Pharisees. Pharisees are religious people. They believe the Bible, came to church, had good lives. This is what he said. You pay tithes of mint and cumin. You tithe off even the carrots in the ground. Very well. Ten carrots, number ten, give to God. Ten carrots, ten potatoes, number ten goes to God. He said, but, he says, you've neglected the weightier matters of the law, which are justice, mercy, and faith. The weightier matters. So tithing is a light matter. How about that? For some people it's quite weighty, but however, for God, it's light. So Jesus' teaching is tithing and money issues are light stuff. He said the weighty stuff, the meaty stuff of what it means to follow God is found in the area of justice and mercy and faith. What is important to God is justice, getting involved where people are oppressed, mistreated, and doing something about it at a practical level. Mercy, showing compassion rather than judgment, and engaging people with the love of God, and faith, believing that God could work to do great things in and through us. Those are the weightier matters. So in Doug and Kalinda's ministry, it is about weightier matters. So the weightier matters today are what they are doing. Justice, helping those who are oppressed. Mercy, coming to people with the love of Christ and not judging them. Mercy to the traffickers. You and I want to shoot them. In fact, there was a popular movie out there about an American preacher, and that's exactly what he did. He shot them. He just found where they were and shot and rescued kids. I'm having a trouble to decide which side of this one I'm on. Something in me would like to shoot them. <laughs> However, I was impressed when I saw that young man up there and Kalinda's got his arm around him and he's changing. God has to deal with that Irish part of me, all right? <laughs> so there's a part where the, the ministry of the Spirit is taking place there to bring justice and mercy, but it requires faith for this to happen. Doug and Kalinda have to believe that God will keep them, protect them. Uh, Dane, uh, Kalinda faces a mentor. It To me... It's a supernatural thing that she can walk in there, interact with the mafia, and then be allowed to go in and talk to the kids with a view of getting them out and reducing the income of the mafia. That doesn't make any sense to me at all. It's quite supernatural, quite miraculous that they have favor to go in and get these kids out. It's unbelievable. So I just see here today the weightier matters of the law, 
justice, mercy, and right to those who are oppressed, showing mercy and grace and the kindness of God and believing for God to change lives. So what I'd like us to do is just to consider how we can partner. We won't all go over there, but all of us realises we should do something. Most people look and you see how big the problem is and we say, well, what can I do? It's too big a problem. Well, our city is saved one soul at a time. You know, people are changed and enter heaven one soul at a time. Uh, the nation has changed one soul at a time. And so people are rescued one soul at a time. And so Doug and Kalinda have come out from us. I'd love us to consider how if you were supporting them, we can continue to support them. How if we are not supporting them yet, you could invest in the work that's taking place. And there are two ways of doing that. Uh, the first and most important one is prayer. Pray on a regular basis. They've got emails. You can get an email from them, get a newsletter, get an update on what they're doing and how it's going. But God calls us not all to go out into those nations, but all to be a part of it. And so sowing financially is another way that we can partner and be a part of what God is doing. So if I'm sowing into them every soul they win, leader they train, child they save, it's credited to my account in heaven also because I've helped make it possible. To them goes the credit mostly because they're the ones they're laboring. So I really want to commend Doug and Kalinda to you and the work that they're doing over uh, China and ask you to consider partnering with them. To partner does not mean you just pay a bit and forget about it. To partner means you hold them in your heart, the work that they're doing and who they are, and you pray that God will keep them. Pray that God will help them. Pray that God will open doors for them. Pray that resources will be released. Pray that favour would be on them because they need that. Living in the quietness of Hastings, it's hard to comprehend the turmoil of living in another culture, the difficulties and challenges that are there. It's quite a challenge all the time, every day, morning and night. Here we can get up, I noticed that go to the beach, light a fire, enjoy the clean air. You can't do that in China. You can't do that anywhere. So I encourage us to think then about how we would participate. So everyone would have got one of these forms here. What I'd really like you to do, uh, primary thing, would be to consider giving a small amount regularly to just regular basis, just a small amount, you know, just even a cup of coffee is $5 or $4.50. So that. Give up your cup of coffee and say, I'll sow and get a child out. I'll sow into an, into an orphan. I'll sow into someone who has got no power to help themselves. I'll take that picture that they gave. I'd love, you know, I'd love to get some of those pictures. It'd be great in the newsletter if you could have pictures and let people get those pictures because how many were touched by that young girl? What, about 13-year-old, was it? That's heart-touching. You take that and there's a real girl who men were using her to do terrible, terrible things. And this couple have, have been used of God to get them out. This is a great thing. Hold it and say, thank you, God. I want to be part of that. And uh, this is a great thing to be involved in. So I'd love you all to pray, have a think, and then just uh, fill in a form and be a part. Even if it's only a little bit young people, if you were to give a dollar a day, that adds up over, 300, over 365 days to $365. If you give a little more than that, then it all, every part helps. But what we've got to really think of is I'm part of God's global 
mercy ministry. I am part of this investment into a nation that it's the front of what God's doing. China will emerge uh, and already is emerging as the most powerful financial nation in the world uh, on the way up to out China America in almost every aspect. This is a great opportunity to invest in it. I'm investing in it. The church has invested in it in various ways. Bill and uh, Glenda and the teams have gone up and investing in different ways. We've had an investment in China that goes back nearly 20 years. And this is the latest investment and it's uh, the one that will be counting because on the one hand you're seeing lives plucked up out of slavery. The other hand you're seeing people trained and going out. They can't show so many pictures of the people being trained and going out. But everyone goes out, plants a church. Everyone gets involved discipling people. Everyone starts to... Of that, the nation changes. I'd love us to participate. I'd love us to participate. So I want you to close your eyes and have a think about it. You can, may wish to go home and think about it overnight and pray about it overnight and wait what you could do. But make a decision what you could do. So have